What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Mic Drop, episode number 73. I am Mike Zacchio, and as always, I appreciate you all taking a little bit of time out of your days and nights to sit and chat with me here for a little bit. If you have not done so already, reminder, this is the final week of the Daily Mic Drop, so please subscribe, rate, and review to the Daily Mic Drop on iTunes, so this way you can catch up on all of the episodes that you missed in the weeks and months prior to you discovering this awesome podcast. And uh, just to let you know, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, We are going to be wrapping up on Thursday um, until... You know, the foreseeable future until things kind of smoothen out with work and until I kind of have an idea what's going on better with uh with life. Uh, our guest tonight started off in marketing for companies such as Microsoft, Nissan, and Ford. She's led discussions at the Consumer Technology Association trade show as well as South by Southwest. Uh, she was highlighted by Alley Watch New York City as one of the top five women in tech. And she is also the creator and host of Mailroom, where she has male guests on to discuss all things dating and find out just what's going on inside that male mind. And we're going to be just talking to her a lot about that tonight. So please show some love in the comments section to our guest tonight, Mindy Kaplan. Mindy, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much for uh, for being on tonight. I appreciate it. No problem. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly fine. Crystal clear. Awesome. Uh, so, I mean, the first question I always like to ask people is like, you know, how are you handling COVID and also how has it affected the show at all? Yeah. So, um, all right. I guess question number one, um, pretty well, although I'm finding um, just going in waves. So, okay. I'll be on a good high and then all of a sudden uh you know the unknown and and in every way from the obvious of what's going to happen um with especially new york um living here and friends around the world and if people are going to stay and family being safe so all those things that i'm sure everyone can relate to and then especially in the dating world it's really crazy timing so seen a lot going on there as well what about you uh, so yeah, I'm in the suburbs of New York. I don't know. Like, are you still in the city right now? Um, yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say, what's like life? Because I always keep hearing that, like, you know, New York City. Oh, it's never gonna return. It's like it's a ghost town. I keep hearing all these different things about it. I I wouldn't say it's a ghost town at all. I think it's it's somewhere in the middle. It doesn't it doesn't have the same uh, vibrancy, imagine. But it doesn't feel dead to me at all. And there's pockets like. Uh, West Village, there's so many places outside that are, like, very lively. Um, and it it feels kind of like the dead of summer um, okay. where it's, you know, believe and there's still enough going on. But And then, obviously, um, you know, meeting people is different because your people are, even though they're out, they're staying in their pods typically. So, um, you know, you're with your, your tight crews. So you're not meeting people. I mean, I think the way you kind of described uh, COVID is, I feel like what a, what a lot of people are feeling. And I think it's probably the most accurate way that I feel like it's like you said, waves, it's just highs and lows. Cause I go from like, initially I was like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to get a few weeks off of work. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Get a nice little bit of relaxation. Uh, and then like, as the more unknown becomes in, it's just like, Oh shit. Like what's going on? <laughs> like, you know, now we're now it's like, okay, we lost spring. We lost summer. Like, are we also going to lose fall? Like, what? I know. I'm like, I feel like I'm running out of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, what are we uh, watching now? We're, we're, we started the uh, the Marvel series, like the, all of the Marvel movies, because my fiance is a huge Disney fan and whatnot. Okay. Um, so like we're, we're doing that. We watched Parks and Rec. We watched a bunch of shows. Um, but also like we're trying to plan a wedding for April, and it's like, is it gonna happen? <laughs> is it yeah. not? Like initially it was like, yeah, no, it's this is a year away, and now it's like biting your nails. So who knows what's gonna happen? And what about the bachelor party? The bat. So I, I was just talking to my cousins. Um 
yesterday, last night about it, because my, my brother's my best man, and my other cousin is probably going to be the one orchestrating it with him. I'm just like, they, they asked me, like, what's, what's the deal with the bachelor party? I'm like, that's all you guys. Like, I'm the groom. I don't, I'm hands off. Just like, I'll give you some suggestions for what I want, because uh, I don't want to do any, like, travel or anything like that. Like, do like a five-hour drive or something, like something within a decent drive. But, yeah, like, no, I don't want any strippers. I don't want any... And I, just, I want like I want a lot of bodies in, in a house and like let's just go nuts and uh and just have fun. That's what that's the ideal bachelor party to me. Yeah, nice. But, yeah, I don't know if bachelor party would play out, but hopefully it won't get to that point. Yeah, my my friend was supposed to do that like kind of like American pie, American Pie style house where like all the guys get together, we could do whatever we want, and then COVID hit and it's like let's just reschedule that and then we'll go yeah. golfing. Um, but I'm like, who knows? Maybe by you know January, February that might be doable, but we'll very see. Much- I'm sorry. I said very mature of you. Golf. <laughs> I'm also not a big drinker, so I can't even say like, "Oh, let's go to the bars and like you know get hammered yeah. or anything like that." So, uh, so yeah, I, I need my Aries energy put out into like activities and competitions and, and things like that. That's what I need. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. I mean, how did you go from marketing for car companies to hosting a web series about dating? <laughs> Funny enough, I'm asking myself the same thing. <laughs> But I, it's funny because although I have this very corporate background, I've always had this interest, um, not so much in being a dating expert because I do not, um, I'm sort of the dating uh, anti-expert. I've always had this curiosity and I've been in and out of relationships and it's, it's been very comical to me. And I feel like that's the kind of content out there that I'm not seeing. It's either like depressing and rom-coms or it's like very self-help. And okay. so years I've always been in sales and I've always had good relationships with clients. Over time, it's like I found I was always leading meetings and conversations and happy hours with my dating stories. And over the years, friends and, and people have been like, you have to just do something with this. And I always thought like, yeah, no, I don't really want to like put that out there actually. And I think I like this um, very specific path that is pretty stable and then over time I just couldn't shake it and I I randomly did a show when I was living in Chicago where I worked for Microsoft by day so I had my corporate job and then nights and weekends I did a show called happy hour and it was a video series for the Chicago sometimes and I would just sit up at the bar and have drinks with um athletes musicians founders and had zero background in that I it and finally someone said hey let's try this so um, over the years, I really missed doing it. And then last year, I just had this epiphany that if I don't try this, um, then I'll always wonder. And I think that's worse than doing it and just seeing where it goes. So um, the premise, too, was recreating conversations I was already having with my guy friends. So they were giving really good advice, whether it was like how supportive girls would be or not. Guys, just by nature, are very direct. So the advice they were giving me was so good and it was so spot on and also pretty entertaining. So I just like, but that sounds like the best freelance assignment in the world. Cause like I come from a, a newspaper background, but I covered sports and whatnot, but like yeah. hearing that, I'm like, that sounds like something I would love to do. Like if they would ever say, Hey, Zach, you take this column. And like, that's your job now. It was awesome. But it, it because of that, it paid like lunch. So uh, it was, it wasn't something that I could do full time and live in Chicago. So I, I did my full-time job and that was kind of just like a, a passion project. Okay. So yeah. 
I mean, having Microsoft, it's it's a pretty good corporate job to have to to kind of fall back on or to kind of keep you uh, keep you afloat. Uh, if of, of all things, getting inside the mail mind is that something that you've always wanted? You always just been like that curious person, just like what, like what are you guys thinking? Like what's what's going on up there? Yeah, I mean, especially because there's just like age old disconnect. And in my parents' day, there was this book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and um, I feel like you know, like women can be put in different categories like oh she's psycho and she has cats or she and and maybe sometimes it's accurate maybe sometimes it's not but i thought it would be fun to like put guys in the hot seat and be like okay sure but you're what about your types you know and like why do you guys do this and so it's meant to be um again like funny it's not like man hating but i think um you know different types of guys have different perspectives so a lot of Girlfriends of mine go for the same type of guys, and they obviously get similar results, myself included. And then, um, you know, when we get different guys on, we'll have we'll try to balance it out between maybe the smooth player type, and then the really nice guy, and the intellect or the hipster. And they all give really different perspectives. And some of our audience have been watching and and actually realizing, like, actually, maybe I should try this kind of guy. Maybe so. Hopefully, they're learning, and then it's also you know, pretty, pretty funny as well. I would always love talking to my like female friends and I ask like, you know, what's their type of the bag? Oh, six foot this. And then describe like all like very superficial things or whatever. I'm like, okay, well you've been dating all six foot guys. You've been dating all cops or you've been dating all this, like, and it always backfires on you. Not to say that you can't find a six foot tall guy or a cop or whatever, but I'm like, maybe try expanding your horizons. Maybe the guy for you is a five foot eight, you know, coffee shop worker or manager or something like that. Like you never know. I don't like, you know, don't always put it into those spe- very specific boxes. How did the show actually come together? Like, what was, like, the process of getting it from an idea in my head of this is what I want to do to actually getting it on the air? So I, I looked at it first and foremost as, like, I knew generally how I wanted format to work, but I worked backwards because I, I needed to monetize it if I was going to treat it like a business. So I had two options. I went to several different um friends that were at different brands. I went to publishers. And the tricky part is you want to be open and have the conversations, but you don't really want someone to steal your idea, um, which uh, if you go to someone direct who has a publisher, for example, who has a studio, they could recreate it the next day. Um, So after kind of shopping the idea around a little bit, I realized that I was going to have to give up the IP if I went to a publisher direct. And um, you know, they have several other shows, so this could be one of many that they're pitching to different sponsors. So I actually decided that I was going to uh, fund the first season and be really scrappy, and then I could own the IP because I could prove it out, and I could do it the way that I want to do it and the way that I could see it working. And um, we did a first format that I thought would make sense and then reworked it, and then after that, the format was down, and then... Um, as far as like tactics, I found a really good but inexpensive production team and I hired a, a director with good experience, but that was still, um, affordable. And then I did all the, uh, production myself. So I basically became the EP on it and, um, I asked a lot of favors. I begged for some studio space, um, 
I also begged for the guests to be um, a friend of a friend of someone that knew someone. So ideally, the goal was to have one celebrity type in each episode and then everyday guys, too. So um, the celebrity would ideally have a big following. And when they share it, then we would get the word out that way. Um, but I didn't want all celebrities because I wanted it to be really authentic and figured, you know, we want to get a sample of all different types of guys. So, um, and I've worked on the Instagram following for a while and just testing different things. So by the time we finally got the logo and the branding down, um, I added some new flair to it and got that in good shape. So we shot six episodes and then now I've packaged it up and, and um, we've talked to various sponsors and we're hoping to start filming a season two. Um, even with COVID, there's um, some ways that so we're still doing the podcast, but there are some places that are opening up that um, we can be six feet apart and we're testing some like women on the street stuff. So yeah, I mean, really, if, if anyone's thinking of starting something, it's just trying to be as scrappy as you can and um, testing and learning and putting different things out there and seeing what people tell you. Like one thing um, we did that we were really surprised by that people gravitated to was this um, putting trading cards of single guys in New York up on Instagram. And so some people have like met that way, which is interesting. So things like that, that we thought like, could this be funny or could this be useful? And we tried it. other things I thought for sure would land that like people aren't as engaged with, but yeah. So a lot of it is just learning as we go. I, I love the fact that you believed in this idea so much that you were willing to put up like your own money and fund it yourself. Like I, I love that that attitude, you own your own work. And everyone always says like, you know, like in the music industry, like, you know, I was able to build wealth because like I own my rights and I own my work and whatnot. So like having that, I don't, I think people seriously underestimate like just how important that is. Yeah, definitely. Cause you can really, like you said, for what you're doing, you can really put your stamp on it. And the more limitations you have, if you have this authentic idea, um, you know, the, the more limitations you have, the less authentic it is. I mean, like when you say like being scrappy, like I'm you, literally like I'm sitting in front of my bay, like in my room, my laptop with the questions is propped up like on an upside down, like laundry basket. I got any, like take a picture. Is that a seal? Who's your pet? So th this is Philip the sloth that we, uh, we, we won at Dave and Buster's. Uh, my fiance is a big sloth fan. So we saw him in, in the thing. She's like, I want him. So, uh, and, and then like I made a couple of TikTok videos and people were commenting how much they love the sloth. So I'm like, now you're in every video. He looks very friendly. He is he's incredibly friendly. He's incredibly fluffy. Um, you know, Shannon I think loves him more than than she loves me, but it's it's okay. I I'm fine to share her love with him. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean the, the fact that like having the creativity, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I I think most people underestimate the, the the fact that like you know when you have someone else supporting you like financially it's like oh it's, it's great. I don't need to worry about the money aspect of it. But if they tell you to jump, you have to say how high, so to say. Right, right, exactly. Just kind of stifle all the uh, the creative uh, juices, so to say. Yeah. Like, do you think that that kind of gives it a more authenticity to the show that these are just everyday guys you can find on the street or, or wherever? Yeah, I think I think there's room for all of it. So I think that you know experts are great. And they probably give really good advice, but I don't think it's like a one size fits all. And to me, if you're a dating expert and you're married. Like you did it, but you're probably out of the game now. So as the game changes, even with COVID, I think it's so different with people 
dating now and communication's different. So if you're like out of that, then maybe you're not a real time expert. And then, you know, I, I say this like jokingly, but if, if you're single and you're a dating expert, then, then I don't know if you're an expert, if you're, if you haven't done it yet, you know? So I think, um, where, where the, uh, gap is, is just hearing from real people and having real conversations. And even like, I find some people get confused in their answer. So some of these guys will be like, you know, one of the things we talked about is like sleeping with a girl on a first date, deal breaker or deal breaker. And this guy's like, no way. I want to get to know her, you know, not as an object. And he had a British accent. So it was like even more charming. And I was just like swooning and listening. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, so then you don't try. Right. Cause that would be a mixed message for her. if She's trying to like hold out. And he's like, no, you always go to try. I want to test the chemistry. And, you know, and I like, well, what do you like, what do you want this poor girl to do? You know? And so I think sometimes like people even think they want something or they say something. And then on second thought, maybe in the moment they felt one way or they didn't. So I just think putting that out there from real people um, can be really helpful too. Yeah, I always maintain like I think it's fine to kind of have a change of heart. Like if you decide like, hey, I'm going to go for it, and then you realize like, you know what, I kind of want to get to know her better, and then you, then you like kind of backtrack a little bit. But I don't know. I never co-sign to the like let's kind of test the limits thing. Just like well, let's just see how far she'll go. Just so I like know like no, if if you want to go all the way and she does, then go all the way. But if if you yeah. realize you don't like, I don't know. Um, no, I also think that you have a great point about like. You know, and experts, you know, like I said, if they're married, they might not be in touch with the dating game. Like I was writing about love dating relationships when I was 24 and single and people would always comment like, how can you write about marriage or like these long-term relationships when you're not married, you've never been married and you've admitted that your longest relationship was a really toxic year and a half, two year relationship. I'm like, cause I, I, I think that some of the things kind of transcend all dating landscapes. I might not be able to speak about specific married, married situations, but I think relationships as a general as a generality you can kind of discuss yeah you mentioned in a previous interview that everything is unscripted on the show so this is it do you, uh, now do the guys ever like tell you like hey if we can avoid talking about this like it's a really sensitive subject to me or whatever or is it just a free-for-all it's pr- it's a free-for-all it's been a free-for-all so far um most of the guys if they ask for the questions before i i say you know i have a framework of questions because we we pick a topic for each episode so one of the topics was is romance dead so you know the whole premise was like have all these rom-coms and disney movies corrupted our view dating and relationships and so we start there right and like most people think that's the case but we start there and then we might talk about um you know we do a segment called text translations where we have girls submit their text and guys will translate the text for them so um you know, some guys will just give their opinions based on that, and then they'll tell a story of something they did on a date, and then another guy will interject with, like, how he would have done it differently. And so the best content, I find, is the totally unscripted, free-flowing. Sometimes I'm challenging a, an answer, um, and sometimes another guy is asking for more detail. And so it's, it's meant to feel like you're having drinks with your friends, and you're getting to the bottom of all of this at the same time. So this is the 73rd episode of, of this show that I've done. I think I've given out the questions ahead of time, maybe three times. 
if that, because like, like I said, I'm one, one, I come from a journalism background where like, we don't give the questions ahead of time to the subject. Like we want the real authentic, like, I want to know what's on your mind. But then again, there are some people where it's like, you know, I guess I don't want to lose a guest by if I say like, you know, Hey, I'd rather keep it just authentic. And they're like, you know what? I, I don't want to feel blindsided, but I'm like, listen, I'm not Chris Matthews. This isn't hardball. Like I'm asking lighthearted dating questions. So yeah. Um, what are some of the main topics that you personally have wanted to know about men throughout the years? How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> we have 38 minutes left until Instagram's going to kick us off. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I think it's fascinating. I just digital dating is, has so many like mysteries to it and texting and miscommunication in that. Um, that's one thing. And then also, um, I think just the whole idea of, of one of the episodes that we did too, that we did uh, as our finale was called um, The Master Date. And um, we actually tried something different where we had some men, some women on. So there, it was like three on three. And we just picked, like we did kind of rapid fire certain things that we want to know, like, I'm always curious about the chase and how, you know, how important it is to be upfront and vulnerable, but yet mysterious and elusive. And if that needs to be maintained or if that's someone who's not ready. So I think like relationship dynamics has always been really interesting to me. Um, and, and from what a lot of guys give the very straightforward advice to women of just like if if the actions and the words don't line up, move on. And I think for a lot of women, myself included, when you see the words in a text and when you hear the words, you kind of like you you think that that's a fact. And then the action might not line up, but you want to hang on to the words. So, um, you know, I think even those the love languages are kind of fascinating because. Um, if yours are words of affirmation and you're hearing them, but then you're not getting the quality time, then, you know, those it's, I think it's harder for women to justify and walk away where a, a man is like, there's your answer. Just move on. So yeah. ironically, someone asked about it. Cause I, I did like a couple's Q and a with my fiance last week or so. And someone asked like, you know, what are your love languages? And I said, mine are words of like, it's like a tie between words of affirmation and quality time. Cause I think, nope. I'm sorry. No touch. I, I do like this. I mean, I, I everything but gifts is pretty much you know on for me. Like gifts is like one percent for me. Um, but like for me, yes, I want to hear the words of affirmation, but also like I want to spend time with you. I don't like because like you said, like you could be texting me all day or you could be texting me all week. Like no, I want to see you. Like like I don't want to just you know just hear all these great things. Um, but I actually listened to like maybe three episodes of Mailroom before coming out today just to kind of get a, a feel for everything. And uh, I, I love that, like the text translations where they're just like, here's what my, here's what my friend said. Like, what does that mean? And you just hear like, this is what he means. This is what he means. This is what he means. And it's just like, wow. I think it's really, it's, it's funny. And then it's also helpful because girls have the right intent. They want to support each other, but they'll justify like, Oh, you know, if you haven't heard from him, then, you know, that probably means he's just, thinking about you and really busy and text him again tomorrow. And the guys will be like, no, lose this guy um, upgrade or, you know, it's just different. But women, I think come from the right place because they want 
to make each other feel better, but yet the best advice really might be from your harsh guy friend. I feel like I've had like a more feminine mind my entire life, and I guess all my female friends have a more masculine mind because I feel like that's the complete opposite dynamic of what I grew up with. Like I would always be like, "No, oh, she's probably just busy," and like all my female friends would be like, "Dude, lose her, move on, go to someone else." And I'm like, "But no, I don't want to be like that, that guy because if she does reach out and it's like, what do you say if you moved on? Like, hey, you didn't, you took two days to answer me, so I moved on, and like I'm always, I always feared coming off like a dick kind of thing." Yeah, it's tricky, but I think uh, the more communication, the better. And now it's really interesting because you asked this earlier uh, regarding COVID. I'm finding that people are super transparent right now because obviously if you're smooth, it's hard to um, have the same closing ratio in a pandemic. So I'm finding that amongst friends and, and some of the women who have been um, texting in that um, men are just being really upfront for whatever they want. So if it's like, Hey, I'm just looking for something casual, um, or seemingly also that it's coming up that some men are turning corners and realizing that maybe they want to be more serious sooner than later. And they're putting that out there too. So, um, I had one guy actually on a first date, which is like, this has never really happened actually, I think in my whole dating career, but he actually was the one um, right off the bat that asked uh, first, so do you want to get married? I mean, not to him right yeah. now, obviously, but in general, um, do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? Um, if I do want to have kids, um, have I considered um, like any planning ahead, things like that. And I was so surprised. Um, and it didn't actually scare me. I think that that's kind of the ironic thing is that um, on one of the episodes, one of the guys said, like, if I, I think it was actually Carl from Summer House was like, if I um, told, if I asked a girl on a first date, if she ever wanted to get married and have kids, she would probably run the other way. And I'm thinking, actually, most girls I know would probably run that way, like toward the person. Um, because it's just, it's interesting that people are just a lot more transparent right now for obvious reasons. I was going to ask, did you, did you feel like, you know, whoa, this guy's pretty, you know, upfront or was it more like, cool, he's asking like the, the real questions now so we can find out. Cause if we're on complete opposite pages. And I think it's clear that he wasn't like, uh, proposing. He was just trying to see if our values would line up and in COVID, I, I think people just don't want to waste their time or each other's time. So um, I actually thought it was kind of nice. But uh, yeah, I, I think that men <laughs> would have other feelings about that. So I put up a, a prompt just asking any you know ladies, like, what are some yeah. things that you've always wondered about men? I, unfortunately, I only got one response. I probably should have put it up yesterday or so. Um, and the question was, do you think it's important to know about their family life? I, I definitely do, because I find that, especially with men, it's like uh, they seem to really out themselves in their storytelling, which I love, so um, good or bad. So an example would be, you know, someone's telling you about their family. I think, first of all, that's like a great connection point because you can really see what someone's about. So obviously, if they're close with their family or, you know, like 
when a guy says he's really close with his mom, I think that's like really special. Um, although, you know, family dynamics, there could be like a rogue uncle that everyone hates or something like that. And then, you know, the guy could mention that doesn't make him a bad person, but you learn that. Or I think like, I've also found that on dates, some guys will, um, talk about their family dynamics. And one guy had mentioned that, He's close with his sister, but she had said when they get in fights, um, she calls him dragon eyes. And I thought that was really scary and a serious red flag. Um, so something like that, I find great fact finding in the storytelling. So ideally to me, a guy is close with his family because I'm close with mine and I think that's important. But, you know, you also learn there might be some issues and maybe you could see through someone's character that they have a difficult family member, but you know, they work through it. So I, I would say, yes, I think that's important. I think it's very interesting about the whole, like, you know, it, through their storytelling, you, they might pull out some green flags or red flags that you didn't even see coming or that they probably didn't even plan to share. And it just like subtly like, Oh, oh did that just poke out there? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like the one guy I'm sure would never confess that he's raging bad temper, but through the story, I got to see through the lens of the sister and then, run the other way it's very smart what what are uh what are three things that will almost immediately turn you off to a guy three things um one is uh like financial like i call it peacocking like if a guy is just like i own this and i've done that i mean it's one thing if you're proud of your accomplishments but i think that is kind of a red flag at like they may not even see who you are, but they're just very concerned on how they come off and they're picking, you know, the wrong reasons. Um, second, I think would be the age old, just talking a lot about themselves. Um, I, I do think sometimes though, like I think that you can give someone a little bit of a break on a first date. Cause sometimes I think people get nervous and a lot of guys on the show have said that like, maybe they talk too much out of the gates if they're trying to impress you. So I think it's just kind of gauging like, um, if you're a good judge of character, typically, I think you can judge if someone is like trying to um, maybe present themselves a certain way. Maybe they talk about themselves a little too much, but they still engage with you and like want to get to know you. Um, and then the third would be just, I think, now more than ever, especially with COVID, like any like flaky behavior, I guess it's called technically called simmering these days, but um, of like, uh, hey, let's hang out next week and then which day and then no follow through. And then days later, hi, how's your week? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so I think those would be, those would be my top three. I never knew the term simmering, but that was probably the biggest reason why, like I kept deleting dating apps as often as I did when I was single, because I'm the type, like, I, I don't, I don't like waiting around. Like I don't want to text you for a week and whatever. Like, I just want to like, Hey, like let's, let's get together. Let's grab coffee. And like, Let's see if we're, if we're, if we're a match or if we're, if we like really hit it off or, or not. Obviously we're physically attracted to each other because we both swiped right, but let's see if there's more there. And then if not, then we saved each other a week or two of time. Um, right. and, I, and I would be like, Hey, you want to get together Saturday? Sure. What time? Radio silence. And then it's like, Hey, Hey, how are you? Like, I want to know what time we're getting together on Saturday. Right. Right. <laughs> just a ma massive headache. Thank God I'm like out of the dating game. Cause it just, yeah, I would have like, just completely, yeah, it's exhausting. It truly is exhausting if you if 
you just have that bad of luck or if you're just at it long enough, I feel like. Um, yeah. It's like the casino ideology of like, you know, the longer you stay, the more you lose kind of thing. Like, I think the longer you stay in it, just the more you're going to lose and the more sanity you're going to lose. Canceling a date without offering a rescheduled date. Do you think it's yeah. a red flag? Do you think it's a, bi- a deal breaker or do you think it's no big deal? I think it is a deal breaker. I, actually, that came up with two different guys on two different I think that is, it's a perfect example of just, if someone, if someone wants to see you, they will, they'll make the effort. So I think it's totally normal if things come up, but if so, I think you'd be excited enough about the person to say like, Hey, this came up, we're in a global pandemic and I need to get a mask. Can we um, meet in an hour or can we do happy hour tomorrow? Something that is like at least showing that they are going to show up at some point. Yeah, I, and I will preface, or I should have should have prefaced that, like a lot of these questions I'm about to ask like were inspired by Mailroom episodes, just things that I was hearing that I'm like, oh, I would kind of just maybe like to dig a little bit deeper because like, obviously I wasn't there to, to ask. <laughs> um, so do you think that the, the time of the cancellation is a factor? Do you think the excuse itself is a factor? Like if we're supposed to go out at, at 8.30 and you're getting the text at 6 or the call at 6 versus 9 in the morning or 10 in the morning, like does that matter or... Yeah, I think ideally that you want to give someone enough time to make other plans. Um, And if something comes up, though, I think like if someone's a normal human being, it would be like some like rational reason. And it would be followed up with like, I'll make it up to you tomorrow or whenever works for you. But I don't think it has to be this harsh rule of like, you don't show up, you never get a date again. I think it's just um, ideally you let someone know soon enough. If you're like trying to like hedge your bets and you have like two different dates and you're kind of juggling, I think sometimes that can come through to girls. But generally speaking, I think as long as there's like another option and it's sooner than later, then guys are in good shape. So I want to give you a situation here and I kind of want to know what your thoughts are. So let's say it's, it's Monday. You make plan, make first date plans with a guy for Saturday night. You have the time, the location, methods of transportation. Everything is set. So you know when you're meeting, where you're meeting, and how you're both getting there. Now it's Friday, okay. and you haven't heard from him. What's going through your mind? Luke, <laughs> I would prefer... Okay, so are we talking like in real life or COVID time? I... Um, COVID times. Let's, yeah. say, let's say like re- real life. Let's, let's try to pretend this thing doesn't exist for the next 24 minutes. Okay, well... I wouldn't, I wouldn't write the person off. I just, in my mind, I would lower their stock a little bit. Um, but by maybe the day before a little like, Hey, I'm excited for tomorrow or I can't sleep would be ideal. I'm just kidding. But you know, Hey, looking forward to tomorrow. Um, does seven still work? Like that's all it takes. I think it's just like that little amount of effort and just before, because I think, you know, if people are used to other dates being flaky. It's just that nice reassurance. And then you can just like be excited about it. But I think from a lot of the women that have, have um, reached out after a lot of the episodes that comes up is that if you hear from the guy by the day of, and then later in the day, you're just like, is this thing still happening? And if it is, I'm kind of like losing steam and maybe I should find a different date, you know? So I think at least the day before is enough time. If it's the morning of fine. But hours before, because <laughs> I'm I'm thinking like you know I'm back back to my dating app days and whatnot. Like you know when 
like when should you because obviously like i feel like i, I want to keep the flow of conversation going but i also don't want to like talk every single day so that by the time we get there it's like what do we talk about um so in this situation you know it's monday we match we make plans for saturday like when is like a good confirmation date would it be like thursday wednesday just to be like hey like are we still on like what's correct because i think that's a really good point because like what you said it doesn't come from the wrong place it's like you also don't want to be like texting like you know um how how was your week how was your day um like are you having dinner right now what are you eating like i feel like a lot of that can take away from the excitement of just like getting to the date so my ideal script again not from the expert but from a lot of like the the girls that reach out and the guys that seemingly give their tribal knowledge um let's say it's the monday saturday story problem so monday you secure the date saturday's the date i think a nice wednesday reach out like hey how's the week going she writes back great how's yours cool hey um friday or saturday still good yeah looking forward cool like just some little banter it doesn't have to be like all night but something and then um beforehand a little outreach confirming the place and you're solid because like i'm a chronic overthinker and one of the things that ruined me with dating was that i always read into everything so like because uh, I would, I would feel like if I ever was ever double checking or com- confirming, it would come off like this guy's too desperate, he's too needy, or whatever. It's like, is that like, do women think that, or is it, are they actually like glad that he's being punctual and like locking I, things down? The right girl in the right place would appreciate that. I think if she's looking for something serious, then that would be exciting to her. If she's like just having fun, and she's in that stage. Then maybe it's kind of annoying, <laughs> but she would not be the person you're really trying to be with if you're looking for something serious the, the next segment thing i had I have, this is like a new thing that i was like experimenting with compliment or cringe so i'll ask you about five little scenarios whatever and you just answer if you think it's a compliment or cringeworthy and then just kind of elaborate okay so you're on a date and a guy asks how are you single i actually really like that i <laughs> think that's a huge compliment and a lot of my friends really don't like that but i feel like um I think it's a nice compliment if someone finds it to be a mystery of like, how could this possibly be? So I appreciate that. I've been asked it a number of times and I always took it as a compliment every single time. Maybe there was one time where it was like, yeah, I don't know either. I'm 27, 28 and I don't know what the hell's going on in life because all these girls keep thinking I'm this great guy and I'm alone. (laughs) So you find the answer to me. Um, But I can see a lot of people being like, oh, they think there's something wrong with you or whatever. I'm like, no, I I think it's a compliment. Um, That question is like, why is this? So I would, I would, I would take that as a compliment. That's how I think of it is like, you know, you're this awesome person. Like, how am I like on this date with you? Like, how are you even available for me to be on a date with you? I always took it like that. Uh, Number two, you're on a date and a guy says, you're not like any girl I've ever dated. That sounds great. I mean, it's it's in that. Well, say it in like the exact. Okay, yeah. So, um, like, <laughs> or yeah, because I guess yeah, the, the inflection it could be like yeah, like yeah, you're not like any girl I've ever dated. I'll still take that as a compliment. Okay, because <laughs> now, even now I play it to myself. I'm like, oh damn! I think the second way can come more of like, okay, well, what are the kind of girls you're dating? But if you say like you're not, an, you're not like any girl I've ever dated. It has like more, 
warmth and floweriness to it that it, I feel like it's yeah. I'll take B. You'll take that. <laughs> um, let's see. So you're you're on a date. So you're on a date. You order a full meal, like and preferably something that's more typically viewed as like a, a masculine meal. I'm just kind of going with for the situation's sake. And um and he says something like, "Man, I love a girl who eats." Like, do you think it's oh. a couple? <laughs> I love this guy. Where is? Um, yeah, it's a huge compliment because I actually do like to eat a lot. I also like to order off kids menus. Um, so I don't have any shame in that compliment. Yeah. Like I, it's like the one thing that like, I know I was always very sensitive Cause like I'm an insanely picky eater. So like I'm, I'm already hypersensitive about it. Like I would never comment on it. Like I'm happy. Like I'm glad if she wants to get a steak and a rack of ribs or whatever, or if she wants to get a salad, like to me, it's, it's not going into what, my stomach. What's more impressive to you though? The salad order or like the, what's it called? 96er or like a tomahawk steak oh god wait, wait, so what was more impressive you said or yeah um i don't know i feel like i, I guess the steak would be impressive just because like i would take it as impressive because she's not afraid to eat in front of me like uh, in that in that way like because she might order a salad and still love steak or whatever but like if she has to feel like oh like you know i don't want to get the wrong impression of me or this like i gotta like i want the steak but i don't want to eat it on a date like at least if she orders the steak and she has the confidence to be like no i'm gonna eat what the fuck i want to eat right so amen uh let's see so either through a date a dating app or while texting he says you're so hot love it okay (laughs) i mean i guess yeah i mean i wouldn't personally mind that but um i do think that yeah i mean when you're getting to know someone i i think that you might not want to lead with that because it it probably feels like you would say that to anyone or maybe that's like your initial outreach. So I think maybe like save that, but don't not say it. Okay. Just make it a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm again, because I, I overthink. I was a writer for a number of years. I always think of like the language we use. So I feel like the like think about what you're trying to say and how you're saying it. Like, you know, you're so hot. I think comes off like it's very lazy and that like, like you said, it, it comes off like you're just throwing it out to everyone. But if you say right. something like, you know, you know, your eyes are so beautiful or whatever, like, you know, something that's a little bit, you know, better than just you're so hot, I think can, yeah. can work better. Like um, that it's like a pretty physical interest to start. So yeah, I maybe say that one. Or say like, you know, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. Like, you know, don't just say like, you're so hot. I feel like it's just like, it's, I don't know. It just for me, it hits the ear, like just dull. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, and, and in any situation he says, I don't usually do this. And then e- either like reveals a secret or he goes further than he would on a date. Like you think it's complimentary or cringeworthy. Can it be somewhere in the middle? I like, I think that, um, you want to believe that. Like, I don't want to, I think a lot of women like don't want to be, skeptical or cynical but it might sound like it's a little cliche but and it really depends on what it is so i would say um half cringe half compliment that's fair yeah okay because like as i've said there's like it's very possible he could be stepping outside of his comfort zone or he could just be saying this because he wants to impress you or get in your pants and it's like you don't really know i trust people so if like a girl says like oh i don't normally do this or i don't i wouldn't normally say this on a first date and then does or says whatever she says, I'm taking it at face value and I'm happy with it. So 
Right. And then you'll let. Uh, so yeah, I know you mentioned on one of your episodes, like sleeping together on the first date, like, you know, is it a big deal or not? Whatever for you, do you judge a guy based on how far he will go with you on the first? Um, I wouldn't just because I'm sort of, I'm of the school of thought that, uh, people can end up together based on following rules or not following rules and, there's people that you talk to that do everything on the first date. And then there's people who wait five dates. And so, I mean, it does keep coming up though. A lot of the guys on each episode keep saying that they want a girl to wait. So um, if that's the case, I would just like to make a public service announcement to the male species that if that's the case, they probably shouldn't try because I think a lot of times the girl will want to like go with the flow. And then sometimes if you stop the flow and you say like, Oh, we shouldn't, or I never normally this or that kind of thing that can sometimes like throw things off. So, um, I think just, if you just go with what's, what happens in the moment, as long as you're being true to what your gut is telling you or what you really want. And if you want to cultivate something and err on the side of, um, being cautious, then one could wait. But if I, so to really answer your question, I don't judge a guy that would sleep with a girl on the first date. I think it can happen, but I do think if he wants a girl that will wait, then he should probably follow suit as well. Thanks. I, I love that it's, answer. Like I, I subscribe to the school of thought of like, do whatever feels comfortable, comfortable to the two of you. If you both want it, then do it. And, and if you don't, then yeah. don't. But I love that, that like, that uh that that addendum that you have in there of like you know okay but if you don't if you're gonna judge her then don't like test her boundaries or anything like that don't like I feel like that's kind of a scumbag move I think in my opinion anyway yeah. um do you judge a guy based on how many women he slept with I do not I actually and this might not be like the common um, answer but I would rather be with someone who has had a really good time and is ready to what do you say? Hang up the skates or whatever. Then a guy that's like been deprived and is going to settle down and then always wonder. And so I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I think if a guy's been awful to women or like cheated a lot, then that to me is, is telling, but I don't think if a guy has had a crazy time, um, I don't think that's an awful thing. And I think the same women, um, but I think that's harder for men to handle. Okay. Uh, I had another segment written down here called quit playing games with my heart. And it's just various dating games that people play. And I would just love to hear your, uh, your thoughts on them. Okay. Uh, ghosting. Is it acceptable or awful? Awful. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay. I think there's one like very specific instance when ghosting is acceptable. Like, my my theory, I always tell people like whenever I'm giving dating advice on TikTok, like you can let them down easily. Like there's a nice way to reject someone. Like make sure that they know it's over, that you're not interested. However, if you are nice and you do give them a very clear like, hey, I'm I'm not interested. Thank you for the interest, whatever. Uh, and they just keep pushing the matter and they like or they get nasty, then ghost them. But I don't mm -hmm. I don't agree with it like off the bat. Like if you're just not interested, just tell me you're not interested. I think that this is not a thing anymore, but I'm a fan of the fade out, which, cause I, I'd be a hypocrite if I said that, like, 
ghosting ghosting is awful but i don't know what's more awful ghosting or if someone says that they're not interested or that you have to tell someone that they're not your type i just that's i i prefer and maybe this is like a little outdated because it's like years ago but the fade out was like you sort of would you'd respond back a little bit um like oh how was your weekend good how was yours but then you wouldn't talk about any next time and then like you kind of would just get the hint on either side but i think ghosting is so abrupt when it's like like i've had some women reach out and tell me stories about like guys who are like you're planning our next date and what are we gonna do and then ghost like then you're really like leading someone on and flat out disappearing which the fade out maybe it should make a comeback which is you know you're just sort of like you're not sure if the person should and then you both kind of wake up and realize like no one's actually making an next plan so let's like both move on and kind of not know the exact reason but that it just it's not gonna go anywhere I love the fade out. I always, and I tell people like, you know, if you two, like if, if both people stop reaching out, that's not ghosting. Like to me, ghosting is we go out, you know, it's Friday night. We go out. Okay. I can't wait to see you again. Same. And then I ask you out Sunday. Hey, like, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And, and I don't hear from you or, and I follow up like, Hey, what's going like, and nothing. Then I'm like, that's ghosting. And it's like, then why would you tell me you're looking forward to seeing me? But, right. um, so number two, ghost writing. Have you ever had friends write a text for you? Like, like to a guy that you, the guy that you like. I've had some of my guy friends take over my phone and it's funny. I mean, one, one, um, actually this is a long time ago. My brother-in-law did it and it was like, um, obviously he didn't know the context, but he was just writing the guy back, like just matter of fact, one liner. And the guy was like really into it versus like, I mean, I don't think people like, that I know write novels, but we like emojis and, and like, um, it's witty and it's, um, had definitely has some exclamation points, but it was really interesting. It was like a good experiment in the fact that the really like quick, not really caring, no real banter was like really intriguing to the guy. So actually I should try that tactic. That was, that was a good one. So yeah, I've had that. And then, um, guy friends wanting to take over the app um, and the merchandise selection there. And that's been interesting, but that's actually more embarrassing because they'll just write whatever they want. So we stopped doing that. Okay. Um, I had, I got this from a thought catalog article, this term tactical texting, like where you specifically wait X amount of days to text them or you wait X amount of hours to respond. Are you a, are you a fan of that? Or are you not a fan of that? I think I used to be a fan of that. Um, I think that, like we talked about earlier, this like sweet spot of being available but not too available. And so now I'm finding actually that it wastes so much time that that like tactical game playing is like not getting to the end result any sooner. So it's either delaying someone that is not really like on the same page um, cause it's like slow playing it or, um, if someone does want something serious and they kind of want to just like move quicker and you're the one being tactical and waiting hours, like it's, it's, um, it's, I think a lot less interesting, especially in, um, in COVID times. I think people kind of just want to like know either way. Okay. 
um, managing the roster, dating multiple guys to find out which one you like most. Do you think it's a good strategy or do you think you should like kind of devote your time to one person, see if it works or not, and then move on to the next? Um, I would say if you want something serious, it's a tough question because part of me goes to the roster because then you have options. And I think when you have at least one or two options – then you're in a good headspace. When you have one person and you're like dedicating so much to this one person, for women, there's so much weight on this person and this relationship and mostly also like where it's going. So I think it's a healthy balance. I think in, in times like this right now, I think it's great if you can focus on one person and really get to know them, sure. But I do think it's healthy if that person isn't showing signs of anything serious that you still maintain a little bit of like roster and you're looking out for yourself and you're also getting to learn about yourself and how you are with different people. So you might think that you want a guy that's all these things. But meanwhile, you meet another guy who maybe he's an introvert, but he's so much more supportive than the extrovert. You know, so I think um I think it's a hybrid of those. It's keeping a little roster, but also trying to focus on one person if you're excited enough about one of them. Yeah, I, I love that answer. Like, I, I admittedly did the roster thing here, here and there when I was single. Like, and I always tried doing it with the best of intentions. Like, if this does, mm-hmm. like, if this date falls through, I can ask someone else. It wasn't just like, uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, stick my beak in every hole I can, kind of thing. Like, it's just, you know, I have options. Yeah. That's all. Um, and the final one that I had for you is saying I'm fine and just not communicating how you really feel. Um, yeah, I think that is a deal breaker. Was it, wait, which game is this? What's the <laughs> quit playing games with my heart. So like, what, just, what are your thoughts on like, if someone says like, I'm fine or just doesn't address what they're really feeling? Um, I think when they do, it's a lot bonding it's open communication i think if someone has like an off day and they're not feeling like talking that's fine um but yeah generally speaking i think that's kind of showing some emotional unavailability okay oh, no that does great yeah. I, I told my fiance when we first met i'm like you know tell me how you feel when whatever you're feeling i don't i can't read minds i wish i could but i don't and i can't so just whatever you're feeling good or bad tell me yeah. and, and I'll, I'll i'll work with that um <laughs> For today's daily segment, with it being Tuesday, it's a Transformation Tuesday. So what is one way you have grown or transformed uh, as it pertains to dating through the years? Um, I think through literally listening to my guy friend's advice and even hearing it in real time on the episodes, I think it's just getting a lot more clear on reading the signs and and planning accordingly. So instead of letting something be more drawn out and, and finding the best in something, it's literally like seeing the signs, seeing if it's a fit and moving on if not. And, and now more than ever, like we talked about earlier, I think that more and more people are doing that and being much more clear and communicating really clearly um, on what they want and the ones that don't, I think that's pretty telling too. And uh, the final question of the night is dropping the mic. The one final question. What is your ultimate goal in, in, in your career? Is it you know making Mailroom the next massive hit? Is it hosting a different show entirely that's already you know well-known and successful? Or is it doing something else? 
So the, the calling of Malroom is really to bring back this idea of getting inside the mind of men and showing their point of view and doing it in a way that is insightful, but still entertaining. And so to me, that's like my real passion is kind of getting to this men are from Mars, women are from Venus and getting it out there and getting um, the voice of these men out there to women uh, as, as the first part of it. And then second to that, I think there's a lot of room for interesting content for people that are single in the way of if they're straight, if they're not. Um, I think male room um, for other people with other interests. Um, even like some friends have talked about doing other shows similar where we could highlight um, gay men and their relationships. And obviously that's not my area of expertise. So we would um, have that as a different slate in a series of shows. So to me, the ultimate goal is really just getting this content out there in a different way for people that are underrepresented in what they're looking for and what they're seeking. So that's the ultimate. Excellent. And I see uh, Instagram just hit me with the two minute warning at the top. So where can people find your work, follow your work? And this is the opportunity for you to kind of plug your stuff in the next minute and 42 seconds. Okay. So on Instagram, we are, um, mailroom official and all one word. And our podcast is on Spotify and iTunes. Our video series is on various women's sites. You can actually um, go to either YouTube or even now uh, one of our full episodes is featured on Cosmo.com. So you can go there as well. Um, and yeah, and we're actually starting to film new episodes, new podcasts in real time as we're able to. So a lot of those will be continually updated and we're doing um, a lot of uh, virtual events and content as well. And we're also working on um, a virtual man pageant. So stay tuned for that. And or reach out if you want. Excellent. Mindy, thank you so, so, so much. I, I greatly appreciate you uh, taking an hour out of your night to, uh, to chat with me. It was a pleasure talking to you for the oh. last hour. And uh, I'm definitely going to look up more mailroom podcasts and everything just to get to, to know the show a little bit better. Awesome. Thank have, you so much. Have a wonderful night. Everyone will be back tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. and hope to see you there. Have a good one. You, Peace. Thanks, guys.